What up, though? This is a Friday, and it's knockouts and three counts. But before we get to another episode of Podcast Gold, I got to tell you about the people that are bringing you this episode, and that's Potter's Tree Service. If you're in the need for tree removal, tree trimming, chipping service, storm damage cleanup, walnut logging, or lot clearing, Potter's Tree Service are the people to do it. Check them out. Tell them knockouts and three counts sent you. But hey, I can tell you what they can do, or I can show you what they can do. So I'm gonna let you. I'll let their work for, speak for itself. Check out the homies from Potter's Tree Service. The links are in the description. And then after that, it's almost time for war games. So TK Trinidad will join us, and we will make our picks, predictions, and talk about this PFL buying Bellator and more. Stay tuned. This is the Ring of Honor, a.k.a. Shane T, boy. The baddest champion you ever seen, boy. This is Mr. Anderson. This is good old J.R. Jim Rock, and you are listening. You're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. Power! Power! Yes, we got a world champion! That might be one of the craziest knockouts I've ever seen in my life. Knockouts and Three Counts is the podcast, man. He's just a real deal, baby. Knockouts and Three Counts starts now. And we're back at it. This is Knockouts and Three Counts. Like I said, there's a lot to talk about, but not just in the world of MMA and pro wrestling. Because, like I said, we've got a guest with us. we got the return of our friend TK Trinidad from Women's Wrestling Talk. How you doing? What's goody? How are you doing? Can't complain, man. It's almost time for Survivor Series War Games and all those good things. I'm still full off of this turkey coma that I had yesterday. I got to choke slam my nephew a bunch of times. It was... Uh, it was good times over here in the mitten. That kid's going to learn early. But other than that, I'm doing all right. How are y'all doing this uh, this Friday, Corey and J-Bone? Uh, I feel a little larger. Man. I ate a lot of turkey, <laughs> and I feel bigger today. So that's cool. <laughs> he said I feel bigger today. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. I, I I was missing the stuffing, man, so I had to go pick me up my own box. Like I was just saying before the show, I had to make a, a store trip to Myers and 
had to make up with the stuffing, so I picked some up on clearance, and we're, we're going to make some stuffing uh, tomorrow night for dinner. But other than that, man, I had a good Thanksgiving. One of those holidays where you got to get the kids to everybody's house, man. They had a great time seeing all their cousins and stuff. So good, good solid time, good eats, no complaints on my Except for the fact that Jared, I have a fucking complaint. Jared Goff forgot how to hold on to the fucking football. Somebody gave this man a plate before we got to the football field, and it turned out bad for the Lions out here. You know, I just I just want to say, like, whoever gave him a plate, fuck you, because we needed to win that game. (laughs) Because this man forgot how to hold on to the ball too. (laughs) Unseasoned chicken when he's bad. Okay, I'm telling. I say it all the time. Just you me. jinx them before we ever get to the game. Ariane was telling you that after you fucked her name up. You know what? Do better, Jared Goff. <laughs> I'm going to hex you. I'm going to jinx you every week until you get it right. Look, I, I shouldn't bitch too much. We only lost three times, okay? We got to lose a few games. Hey, we're still winning the division, all right? That's all I got to say this about that, better, right? This is better than every year I've ever been alive before, so I should. <laughs> That's literally true. And they threw that play. stat up there. They That's so up. bad. We haven't been good since like 1955. So before any of us were alive. So hot damn it. Let the Lions be the Lions. All them haters on the damn internet can fuck off. We're still going to the playoffs. That's all I know. <laughs> but with that said, like I said, we got a lot to talk about in the world of pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing. But before we get there, um, TK, you had quite the announcement today. You got a new show coming out on uh, Fight TV and all that. Let us know uh, what's new in the world of TK Trinidad. Yeah, we actually have um, three shows on Fight TV coming on, so... Um, our interview series, which dropped with Renee Paquette, that uh, happened on um, the day be- the day after thing the day before things were the twenty first, whenever the twenty first was. Um, so we have that. So that's going to be an interview series that's going to be happening every week. Um, so we have a great interview uh, debuting next week, and then I have another show with Evan T. Mack, um, the Takedown. So we have an interview. Uh, well, that show it's a show and interview. It's dropping tomorrow. Um, with Zoe Stark. And then we have another interview coming up after that as well. Sorry, another show coming out after that as well. And they don't have a start date for that. But yeah, our partnership with Fight TV is uh, going well. Um, they're amazing. Uh, they allow for creativity and all the great things. So I can't complain. Shout out to Fight. I That's dope, man. I know we were talking about that a little ahead of time. I've seen a couple of the clips that you've put out so far of your chat with Renee. I got to meet her when I was in Vegas for Double or Nothing, and she couldn't have been a sweeter person. We were chilling at uh, the Blue Wire studio inside the wind. Shout out to uh, the homies, Andreas Hale and uh, Kel Dansby oh, yeah. out there. I love Andreas. He's awesome. Yeah, that that's the homie, man. Him and uh, Kel have been rocking with us since the very beginning of the show. Fun fact. Actually, Kellen Andrea's show is the one that got uh, Devin to start doing a show, which is what asked me to do a show, and that's how what you see has come to be. So without Kellen Andreas, we might not be flapping our gums. So shout out to them. Hopefully I'll make my way out to uh, uh, Vegas soon. But with that said, tell me a little bit about the chat with Renee. Where Was there anything that stuck out to you? Were there any? Was there anything in the interview that really surprised you or anything? What can people expect from that? I mean... So uh, this is, we, we had a lot of Canadian talk, so I apologize if you don't want to too much about Canadians. Um, but uh, we talked a lot about It Canada is not a good a loss. <laughs> we Sorry, talked about, a lot about Canada, a lot about um, just, you know, uh, it's, it, 
So we talked, well, I'll, I'll shorten up. We talked a lot about Canada, um, you know, and we talked about Soraya, the, the short um, time she had developed, how she felt about that. And that was really interesting too, because, you know, Renee, and I think a lot of us too, when we interview folks, um, but Renee in particular, because she does this for a living, but then Soraya is also her good friend, how you have to, you know, give your opinion, but also be realistic. Um, so she really gave a good answer as to, you know, the, the thoughts, because, you know, if your friend is a champion, you would automatically want them to have a long championship and Soraya's was right. not long right. whatsoever. Um, so uh, there was that. And we also talked about um, the reality show of it all. I was actually surprised to hear that she said she's, she'd be open to doing another reality show. And she kind of gave her the, the bullet points as to at what capacity, which is interesting too. So it was a, it was a really great interview. I felt like um, I could talk to her for, I don't know if it's just because that's what she does for a living or she's just a nice Canadian, which most of the Canadians I've talked to are super nice. Um, but um, I felt like I could talk to her for a, a long time. And so she was, it was, she was good. It was a great interview. Can't complain at all. Make sure you check it out. Yeah. I can't say anything different myself. I mean, she was the same way when I met her in Vegas. Like, like I said, shooting the shit. It's funny. Uh, we talked a lot of what we talked about was uh J Bone, you were with me, but a lot of what we talked about is uh my homie Gil Gardado, one of the coaches over there at Extreme Couture, who also trains our buddy Chris Kale from Five Finger Death Punch. He actually happens to be the one that used to train Mox when he was in Vegas. So when we were there last time, he had just got done training Mox as I came in to get some work in with uh Gil. So yeah, it's dope, it's dope to see, and I feel like she's uh She's all she seems like salt of the earth type people. Like I say, she seems super chill, like really knowledgeable, but not, you know, just a super chill person to be around. So, I mean, that's the same vibe um, that I got um, from Renee when I met her as well. Well, speaking of AEW, you know, you got to be in attendance for AEW Full Gear. So, before we get down to some of the things that I thought were some of my high points for the show, what was your overall thoughts being there in the building at the Kia Forum? Um, yeah, the Kia, the Kia has a different vibe than, than Staples. It was a very much an, an, an old school vibe. Like it's a, it's an older, um, it's older, older arena. It's been around for a long time. It has a lot of history there. If you're fortunate enough to, um, go backstage and all the elements, which are actually not privy to, um, the rest of the audience. I used to work for radio, so we used to do a lot of shows there. Um, you see a lot of the history, you know, the Lakers used to play there. It's just like a really historic arena. Um, with that being said, um, we got some really great seats. So shout out to AEW. Um, but what I the one thing that I did notice that we get spoiled at with a lot of the newer arenas is that the Jumbotron, like when you go to Staples, the Jumbotron is everywhere. With, with Kia, um, they just had one. And most of the time they weren't showing the matches on that Jumbotron. So you were forced to watch the match, which um, from what I've heard, every seat in the Kia, like you're going to get a good view anyway. Um, but I, that was the one thing I noticed because, you know, you just get, again, first world problems. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I don't feel like squinting my eyes. So let me look at the Jumbotron. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's nothing on the Jumbotron. Um, but it actually makes you enjoy it more. So um, on, on a whole... The stadium was really, really great. So that's one thing. And then another thing that I've noticed that I've said a lot um, that AEW did it, its last pay-per-view and they did it with this pay-per-view. There's something for everybody. If you love the blood and the gore, which I don't like, um, there was that. 
And if you love something that a little bit more campy, there was that. So there's a little something for everybody for different types of wrestling fans, which is a good thing as well. Um, so kudos to, um, I guess, Tony TK, um, because, you know, he does most of the booking, but kind of the flow of the show. Um, it feels like it's getting, he's, he shortened it a little bit because some of them are like just hella long. And it yeah. seems like the flow of the show is, um, you know, a little bit for everybody. So it, it was a good show. I can't, I can't complain at all. I can't argue that at all because I was at Devin's wedding Saturday night. Shout out to Devin and Portia getting married and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, I was at Devin's wedding Saturday night and then I went home and I heard, I heard a couple things of what was going on with the show, but all I kept hearing about was Swerve and Hangman at first. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, we were going to do the uh, post show for it. And I'm like, well, I got to, you know, I got to see this one way or the other. And I ended up buying it on Bleacher Report. Dude. J-Bone, you and I talked about this a couple days after the fact. Like, dude, that show was worth my money, even though I hate paying for pay-per-views in the first place. But, dude, that was worth my money. Uh, Swerve versus Hangman might be one of the best matches I've seen in a long fucking time. Uh, I was entertained as hell from that. And I like... Just two in a row for Swerve, dude. He is the all-star of the last two pay-per-views in AEW. I'm telling you, if you don't strap the rocket to that man's back right now, bro, I don't know what you're seeing or what you're not seeing, but that dude is a superstar in the making. And I, I, I hope I hope the role continues for him, dude, because he's on an incredible run right now, having great matches. I couldn't agree more, dude. Like, this is definitely, to me, this was like, I mean, he's had great performances. I've been, we've been fans of Swerve for a while. Speaking of which, shout out to Swerve linking up with the homie Mega Rand. If you're going to be in Tampa for Royal Rumble, make sure you check out, uh, Mega Rand's Rumble Rap with Swerve, and uh, I heard there's a few more names to be announced that I can't talk about yet, but you might want to make sure you check that out if you're in Tampa. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I can't agree more. Uh, I ain't gonna lie, man. Dude, Swerve lost a lot of fucking blood in that match. Hot damn. By the end of it, I'm just like, yo, this dude is leaking. Like, you know somebody's bleeding a lot when it looks thick coming out of them? Like, and this goes back to what TK just said. That it's it's not for everybody. And honestly, there was points in that match too where I was like, uh, you know, like there was a point in the match where he hit him with uh, Swerve hit Hangman with a chair, and the barbed wire actually caught his like hair. Oh, I didn't know what was going to happen there. That's just one of those things that could something could just happen. You know, it could have caught his eye. We don't know. It's wrestling. Things happen. But that was a point in the match. Where I'm just like, oh god, that could have been so much worse. And I don't want to see that. But mm-hmm. then I'm. Watching Hangman drink the blood from that was something else. I was like, "Yo, they are really trying to <laughs> like this man slid up under him and held his mouth open like he's trying to get water out the hose." And I'm like, "Yo, th- like my first thought was, wow, they're pretty ballsy with even with this being on pay per view." But hell, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely something that and stuck out to me. There, and I sit there, I start to question myself, like, why? Why do I like this? Is it me or what is going on here? Because I don't think it's like. It's funny because I had taken a couple people um, from my my job, like my actual day job, to it, and um, one of them brought her seven year old daughter, and she loved it. (laughs) (laughs) She was literally looking, and she was just like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" As her and her, her. Myself and her mom were just like, oh, my God, I can't watch this. So, again, 
it's just like it doesn't matter your age creed whatever like i i don't know if it's a dna thing i don't know yeah. if it's something that you know like ptsd from some folks can't handle it some i don't know what it is but like it doesn't it's not a male or female thing it's just like if you like it you like it if you don't you don't um and when i saw this seven-year-old girl like just all the way seven-year-old girl her dad and her grandmother, by the way, because she got to bring her That's family. That's awesome. <laughs> all in it. And me and her mom were like, yeah, we're not. This is not it. So, again, it just, you know. Okay, but let me ask you this. Do you think that that, well, maybe not in the kid's case, because I don't know how how much she uh, follows the story of it. But, you know, the thing that I liked a lot about this match was <laughs> that, like, not, look, man, I like all wrestling sometimes hardcore stuff and the deathmatch stuff can be a little bit much but when done right and done in a story where it makes sense and it makes sense why i'd want to watch this dude rip this other guy apart like look Corey, i ain't got to tell you nothing jordan i don't got to tell you nothing you got kids i only got nephews if some dude busted up in my crib with my kids and everybody else home like that i'd want to fucking kill you like that would be I mean, I would want your head on a platter. So for Hangman to be that crazed that he didn't even wait for his entrance, didn't wait for nothing, like went to such lengths to to win the match. I love when you see that stuff and it makes sense. Where you're watching it at home and you're like, you know what, dude? I don't blame this guy because if I was him, I would want to kick his ass too. So like to me, that was something that really stuck out to me in the match because I feel like the commentary, I don't know if you've gotten to watch it back at all, but the commentary really did a good job of painting like, yo, this is what this guy did. Like, Hangman is basically crazed because of what Swerve has attempted to do to do that. And on the flip side of it, again, to J-Bone's point, I agree 100% that I feel like this is a, like, I don't want to say career making, but it's definitely a next step spot for Swerve. And, you know, like for him to do that and then have it play out the way it did, because that man took a beating. The moonsault that he took was gnarly. Like I saw the pictures he posted afterwards saying it was like the craziest moonsault he'd ever taken. And man, they beat the shit out of each other, man. <laughs> so like I said, and can we get Prince Nana a raise, please? Like that man, like, got the shit beat out of him again. You got to do the dance on the show first. Hey, bro, the dance is where the money's at. I ain't mad. It's got to be the new entrance to every show. You got to do the dance. Watch I mean, look, if anybody could make a make make a dollar off of something like that, it's Prince Nana at this point. But TK, for you watching it live, what are your thoughts on uh, Swerve versus Hangman, and what do you think this does for Swerve? Because we also saw, like Boza said in the comments, um, you know, he comes back on Wednesday on Dynamite and wins in the first round of the Continental Classic as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for him to get that big win that's like a big stamp win, and then for him to win in the first round, of the Continental Classic, too. It really seems like, okay, AEW sees that they may have a new uh, star on their hands with this one. Well, I mean, I don't think they see that they have a new star. I think they always known that they've had a star. Um, it's just a matter of um, not if, but when. Um, and the storytelling, I definitely agree with you as far as the storytelling. Like, I I, I can't, and you guys heard, I'm not, I, I'm not a blood and guts type person, so I probably watched literally... 20% of that match. Most of the time, I was either hiding my eyes. I conveniently found a way to go to the bathroom. 
which at these events, going to the women's restroom is a short period of time. So kudos to that. Because we found time to go and got a drink. Like I was actually like up a couple times and this match was still going on. Um, so um, the, the parts that I did see um, were, were great. But again, beyond not seeing that, the, the whole thing. Because when they first started and he brought the staple gun, and then I later found out that the picture that he stapled to swear was his daughter's picture. It's like all That's the little sweet. nuances were, were, um, were really good. So um, if he's not a champion within the next six months, and I'll even extend it a little bit more within the year. And that's you meaning that, and even, even if it happens within the year, like you can't let the story drop off or the hype drop, drop off because people want him to be champion. So it's just a matter of how you're going to get him from this point, from this high of this match and the storytelling to who he's going to be, what championship he's going to get, et cetera. So, um, you know, it's this is really up to Tony to fumble as far as storyline, but definitely deserving of it. Okay, but would you be satisfied if the championship that he wins, since we just talked about that he won in the first round of the Continental Classic, would you be satisfied if the championship that he wins, if he's the inaugural uh, Continental Classic winner? Or do you think by because that along with that, that also comes the Ring of Honor Championship and the New Japan Strong Championship. So do you think if swerve wins that and that's the title that he wins do you feel like that would uh satisfy what you want to see or what the fans want to see with that or do you think it has to be like one of the major titles like the world title or a tnt title i know a lot of fans are calling for the major the major title um one thing that i did notice and i actually said this before this pay-per-view i saw him at the scrum in seattle and it was so interesting because he sat at the scrum and it's just like he just carried himself like a champion and I can't explain if it was a mindset or it was whatever, but it wasn't like, you know, pick me. It was just the whole sweat, like his whole presence, the swag, the confidence, how he interacted with Tony, how he interacted with the media. Like, you know, he wasn't, it was very um, authentically him. And, you know, I've been aware, aware of Swerve for a long time before the WWE of it all, et cetera. But I haven't, I didn't really see him in, you know, the podcast space, but for some reason in this scrum, it was just like, he's ready. I can't, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what the conversation had in the backstage, et cetera. Um, so I feel like no matter what, with that being said, no matter what he gets, he's going to make it work. And this is not going to be his first or last, you know, attempt or first or last um, being champion for whatever, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of titles at AEW. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you can put him on in any one of them. Um, it just whatever whatever makes sense at the time. But I feel like it also has to be storyline, because it's like you couldn't say, okay, well he's deserving of this, and then you put him and MJF together, and then that happens, and then okay, what happens to the story? And then where it is, you know, and saying there's a lot of movies. It's got to be something right instead of just throwing something into it, because you could throw him into exactly. a story with an MJF for the world title. But okay, let's say he gets through it, and okay. If he doesn't beat MJF, well, then what's next? Because right. now you've just thrown him into that, and it's a thing versus being able to coast into it and like it kind of ebb and flow. So it makes people want to see it like that way. I agree yeah. with that 100%. I feel like that's something that we do, you know, struggle with at times. And it's something that we've talked about before when it comes to uh, AEW. But I definitely think for sure, I mean, like I said, at least in my mind, my opinion, like this has to be. Like, this has to be, okay, we're stepping this guy up. 
I don't know where that road leads or what that looks like, but in my opinion, Swerve's got to be uh, Swerve's got to be next up at least for something on that. Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Any long term uh, listener of the show too will know Kyle's been on Swerve's team for a long time ever since you guys got to hang out. What down in Florida, wasn't it? He was sitting in the sitting in the chair next to me, showing me pictures of his pig while Lindsay Snow tattooed the logo on my arm that is now a shirt that she can buy on millions.com and all those good things. Shout out to the American Kaiju Lindsay Snow. You know, I saw she was like giving some chick the Sabu treatment the other day in a match. I mean, <laughs> hey, it's it's uh I ain't mad. I'm just not trying to get on her bad side. Although that sweetwater food was on fucking point when she came to Detroit. So, uh, yeah, if you come into well, Detroit, I, we definitely got to check that out. <laughs> I just bring it up because you've been talking ever since that. Oh, ever since dude, even before that. Of a, yeah, even before that, like when we used to do yeah. the Evolve days, bro, you would see Swerve all the time. Like this is like prior to NXT and all that mm -hmm. stuff as well. Like, dude, I've been saying for years since I saw him in MLW that – I thought that people needed to take attention of Swerve. And I've told them as such to the man's face. Like I said, look, dude, like I'm not blowing smoke, but we, we've talked about it on the show, Devin and Kyle, who are, um, you know, two of the original four, you know, them too. You know, we've talked about that for years if you followed the show. And so to see him doing what he's doing now, and what I also like about it too, is I feel like Swerve also represents like a different kind of star as opposed to what you see always as far as, um, you know, wrestling. And I don't mean, I don't mean because of skin color. I don't mean because anything else, like you said, his vibe and everything has been different ever since you had the new theme song when they, they brought the mogul embassy around and he, and he started to go more that darker heel route. Like it's been a different vibe. I've always been a fan of swerve, but like you said, I feel like since he's kind of, stop giving a shit for lack of a better way to uh put it i feel like we've seen results i mean there's no other way to put it it, it hurt me to watch him do my guy ar fox like that but uh <laughs> at, at the same bro. you know he's a hero you, you you know he's a bad dude but he's so damn good at it again like she said it's the vibe that he brings he's got that cool factor he's got that it factor and i feel like this match made it so that now whether you like what he does whether you don't like what he does you can't watch that match and not respect both of them dudes i think that match does a lot for hangman as well even though hangman was a big star i believe that that match is going to do a lot for both of them and i don't feel like you can watch that match whether you're a wrestling fan, non-wrestling fan, whatever, and not be entertained or at the very least respect what them dudes did because they beat the holy shit out of each other. Mm -hmm. Like, the oh, way that man was bleeding oh, was something else. That's two in a row. What was the one before that? Wrestle Dream, right, Kyle? Yeah, him yeah. and... Uh, yeah. Oh, shit. That's two in a row where at the end mm -hmm. of this paper, after we're done talking about everything, we're not talking about the world title. We're talking about Swerve at the, at the end of these pay-per-views, so... It can't be just us that knows that. Somebody's out there like, hey, check this guy out. So his trajectory's just going up, man. Stock's going up. So hopefully they build on it. I'd love to see what's next. Hell yeah. Well, with that said, speaking of world titles, you know, we had a world title change. You know, we know that you like uh, to talk about the women's side of things. What are your thoughts on Timeless Tony Storm getting her the strap? And I got to know, what do you think about the addition of Luther? Or Luther, uh, excuse me. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, Tony is, uh, Tony Storm is, it, this is the beautiful thing about wrestling because you're like, no, nowhere, because sometimes you have people like a swerve who like, if you take away wrestling, he's definitely somebody that you know at work or in whatever part of your life. But Tony Storm and her character, like there's, in it, it, if there was a reality version of her in the outside realm of wrestling, she would be in the loony bin. Like there's, there's nobody. <laughs> no shit. Like there's nobody walking around. You know, I thought you know. of Shutter Island when I first saw it. Saw it, Loki. <laughs> yeah, like, but it's she's so it's so amazing, and this is the great thing about wrestling. It's like the suspense of belief, and even down to the letter. Because I, I, I knew in the scrum that was like one of the things where I'm just like, I wonder if Tony Storm is going to show up because it's not her mo. Like, you know, you have some wrestlers who are, um, you know, to catch 22, because, yeah, you want to interview them, but then you you know some of them, like, you know, I don't even want to go down some of the list, but some of them, like, they just don't do interviews, period. Mm-hmm. It's not even about you. It's not about whatever. They just don't do interviews. Then you respect that. So that was, like, my thing. It's like, well, yeah, I wonder if she's going to show up, and how is she going to show up? But when she did the the letter, that was just such a, uh, like, just a perfect touch. And I don't know who who thought of that. Um, because it could have just been like she just didn't show up. Tony Storm's not coming. She's not, you know, she's on the plane. But just the letter, and then how they posted it, and all this other stuff, it's great. So um, I think I think she's very deserving of it. Um, I'm interested to see how it's going to play out between her and Mariah. Um, you know, you're seeing like no really inter- uh, um, interaction between her and the Outcasts. Um, and I'm not sure. I might have missed it as far as like. You know, did they officially break up? We just kind of saw Tony becoming, you know, kind of um, on the 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 less lucid side. Of I kind of felt like I kind of felt like All In did that though, because her spraying spraying him in the face with the paint for her to get the dub. Like I kind of felt like that was like the final fuck you. We well, don't. <laughs> Yeah, I get. I guess forgive me because I've been in therapy for because like, I'm more about conversation. So there was no conversation had between them. I kind of wanted to have that, um, but you know, hey, um, not everybody, not everybody does the same thing. So yeah, it's um, I I love I love it. I think um, I'm really interested to see how everything's gonna play out because, like I said, um, you know, wrestling is a great space and it's kind of the um, there's the kind of the Luchasaurus and Tony Storm characters where you're just like, what the F? This can't happen in the real world. These people need to go. You know, you're going to automatically call the cops or whoever to come arrest them. Like, say you see a guy dressed as Luchasaurus <laughs> shopping at Ralph. Like, that's not that's not a normal thing, right? And then you have the people like Swerve where it's just like, you see this dude all the time. Like, you, everybody knows a dude like Swerve. So it's just kind of like, it's a beautiful thing. So I'm wondering how... Um, Tony Storm is going to interact and how her storyline is going to play out, and if there's going to be longevity, that's kind of one of my things. Like, I love, I love the gimmick, but um, the longevity of it, and I think maybe because I lean towards the realism of things, um, I just kind of question, okay, well, how long, how how can how long can we play this out? And it can be done. We've seen people do it in other ways. I'm just more curious. I'm the I'm the girl who reads the book, the back of the book first, so I'm just more like. How's this? How's it going to work? And you were right, Bosa. Sorry, I meant kill switch. I did see that. Um, so that that was itself was really really interesting too. Like, wait, what? Okay, I'm a hundred percent with you on that because, like I said, I I love the character. I love what we've done as far as the story. I feel bad for uh, Lutha 
but I mean, hey, he's still on TV, you know, after the whole him and Serpentico thing, like he hasn't really done a whole lot. So fuck it. He's doing something. But, uh, you know, as far as uh, what we're seeing from Tony, I agree. I think it's one of the best characters that they've got in AEW right now, bar none. But to your point, I feel like in order for that character to have any legs on it or anything, they're going to have to really, you know, make it a point to make her have more of a highlighted reign in the sense that there needs to be more attention to the women's division. I feel like whether that be more matches, more defenses, more vignettes, you know, more storylines or however you're going to do it in order for a character like that to have any legs or longevity. I feel like that I feel like is going to be what it comes down to, because, you Mm -hmm. know, when you see a lot of uh, the women's wrestling, whether that be in WWE or AEW at this point, there's not, a lot of the story a lot of the time, which to the same point that I was just making with uh, Swerve and Hangman, the fact that there was all that buildup and you knew why Hangman wanted to beat the shit out of him. I feel like in order for a character who, for a character who thrives on her own creativity like Tony Storm does and what they're doing with this whole thing, there's got to be some real thought put into what she's going to do while she's champion and in this reign in order for that character to keep legs. But I'm with you hundred percent. I, I think, I think it's definitely one of the best things. Um, I also got to ask you, cause we got another, uh, title change with the TBS championship as well. I got to say, you talk about character, you know, changing somebody. I mean, Julia Hart going to the house of black might've been the best thing to ever happen to her going from the cheerleader gimmick and being on the AEW show and her and, uh, Shoddy Lee running up to Cody talking about, oh my God, we're dating to now you see this chick spitting mist in people's faces, fucking people up and not giving a damn. I uh, I like the transformation for uh, Julia Hart, your new TBS champion. For those of you guys who are new here, make sure you hit that subscribe button because we did get to speak with your t- former TBS champion, uh, Chris Statlander, when we were all out at uh, StarCast and I asked her about a lot of these things. So I was a little surprised to see her uh, give up the belt to Julia Hart, but kudos to AEW because I definitely think it was time to pull the trigger because I've loved uh, what we saw from Julia Hart. What did you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, uh, I kind and maybe maybe I'm in this era where I feel like people need to I'm um, people need to hold the title for a little bit longer. I feel like I Chris needed to hold it for a little bit longer. Um, you know, because of the jade of it all. But I mean, we're already in November type thing and not to say there's a time limit, but um, I think also too, and you know, as somebody who would love to, you know, do their heart, uh, she did come and do the scrum. I think it'd benefit her not to do interviews, period. I feel like that would add to her mystique. Um, but it's also like a catch point too, because I want to do interviews type thing. Um, but I, I think it's well, I think it's well deserving. Like her, her character was really well developed. Um, it was unexpected because if you think about it, and uh, again, being really entrenched in the women's wrestling space, you know, in the summer, we were calling for more women's storylines, more women's matches. If you remember a lot of the scrums, either myself or some people from the team were asking Tony Khan about, you know, why there's only one women's match in this pay-per-view, et cetera. And now we had really two really great women's matches and two title changes which um, if you asked anybody in August, you know, you know, pretty much pre- people were, um, I don't know, I don't know what the right word is, but pretty much people were just, you know, shitting on 
the fake TK's name as far as like he does, he's not about women's matches, et cetera, et cetera. I think he was just really for somebody who writes, who who's the booker, the main booker for all the stories. Um, I think he was just kind of waiting for the perfect opportunity um, and the right storyline and all the things. Like you can't everything with all everything that is happening with AEW, every storyline can't be perfect. And you're not. And Saray actually said this um, when when I got to interview her. You can't please everybody. So long story short, I think it's great. I'm interested too how this is gonna play out. Um, it could it could go really well or it could not. Um, I'm but Tony Storm. I feel like there's gonna be a point where uh, it's gonna go well, and then we're gonna have to make some decisions. Meaning the fake TK um, with Julia. I feel like it's a toss up as far as what's going to happen with her. Tony Monroe. <laughs> I like it. Tony Monroe has a decent championship, right? I like it. Uh, I agree with that a hundred percent though. I, I, I feel like, I think it was a good time for her to win the title only because she was hot. Like in that sense, I feel like it helped, but I agree with you a hundred percent when it comes to Statlander, especially with how uh, outspoken she was, not only when we talked to her, but when I've seen in other interviews about her wanting you know, more of a chance to be able to show what the women can do and things like that. So I definitely agree. Uh, I could have, I could have done with her having a little bit longer of a reign. Um, okay. Before we get out of, uh, before we get out of AEW full gear, cause we've got survivor series to talk about, which if you're going to be in Chicago, knockouts and three counts, will be joining you. Make sure you come say what up though. Um, but with that said, um, what are your thoughts on what, we could have saw in the last match for uh, Sting with uh, Sting and Ed, well, not Edge, Adam Copeland and uh, Darby yeah. Allen, ver- yeah, versus Nick Wayne, Christian, and now Killswitch, which I don't know why the fuck we needed to change his name, but that's a story for another time. But what could have been, what's supposed to be Sting's last match in Cali? What'd you think? Um, I think I, th- I thought it was great. I, I- I feel like the ambiance of it all for his last match to be in the forum is, is perfect. Um, just the nostalgia of the forum and, and, and the ambiance of everything. Again, like I said, the Jumbotron was there, but you know, um, the way they set up everything made was really, you were really forced to look down at the screen, um, down, at the, down at the ring, which I think um, you, know, you can only film so much with your phone. So I think the experience was, was, was great. And then also just side note uh, with the Ric Flair of it all, go and check out Ric Flair's <laughs> interview with um, Shannon Sharp. Oh my God. I that need to watch that. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> it was, and, and because, you know, no, no, no shade because I'm a podcaster as well, because there's just so many podcasts out there, it's hard to watch every single interview. But for some reason I had some time yesterday, that interview was amazing. Um, there's a lot of things that I learned and the, I mean, the, the way Ric Flair carries himself, so feels like this man's going to live, live until he's like 150. Um, so, um, yeah, it was definitely, and then Shannon Sharp is just, I don't know, ever since he just made the switch to another network, he was, he's, I, I, I don't know if he can call it the swerve of it all. He's just been like, I don't give, don't I don't give two shits. My dog's going to eat at the table. If you as a woman don't like the dogs eating at the table, then you can go and F off. Like Shannon Sharp is just on a whole nother level of things. So sorry for the tangent, but very entertaining. Fuck it. Uh, 
I, but yeah, <laughs> great match, great match. I agree. I, I loved the paint oh, and then no, finding no, out no, the bro. Go ahead. I can tell this guy, he just can't not be involved in me. Like, bro, you can even just go out there and stand, just stand there. But like, he had to get into a Christian cage. Like, this is something he needs, dude. This is not like, I just want to do this. This is a, a must have in his life, man. I, yeah. like, I said, like you said, he's going to be 150 before anything even happens to him. So I, he's been doing this for 50 plus years. If you think about, like, I know a, a, a lot of people, including myself, see, okay, he, he's a shell of himself. He's older. And you're like, just for safety reasons, hey, not a good idea to be in the ring. But if you talk to any athlete, no matter how long, I, I would say give it after the four or five-year mark. Like, you've been committed yourself to a sport for a long period of time. Like, that, those initial years after you retire, you don't really want to retire. It's just because you either got injured, your body, like your body can't handle anymore mentally. Like there's some, there's some aspects outside of actually this thing that you love is forcing you out of it. So like for him to do it for 50 years, like what else do you want this man to do? This yeah. is literally all he knows. He didn't do wrestling and then went and did something else and then like came back to wrestling. He's been doing it for 50 years. And on top of that, for everybody and their mama, like he's talking about hanging out with LeBron and all these other things, for everybody and their mama to know him, like why do you want to give that up? Like clearly he likes, you know, the accolades. Like I would too. Why like, the hell every, wouldn't you? Right. Yeah. That guy's been a lot pretty much. Hey. Yeah. So like, you know. Like, wrestling, man. I mean, it is what yeah. it is. Yeah, and he said that he wants to die in the ring. And, of course, I miss, I wish death on nobody. But, again, that's the only way we're leaving here. So uh, if that's what that's what his wish is, then. Has anybody tried okay. the Woo yet? I haven't tried the Woo Energy. But if you guys are new here, you can go check out Corey's review of uh, the Ric Flair drip uh, cannabis deal. You can check that over there and check Corey's review of that. Um, but yeah, man, I think it's cool to have him out there. I just, my only thing is if we're going to keep this going until, uh, sting retires, which is supposed to be at, uh, uh, revolution next year, please don't have Ric Flair in the ring with him every week until it happens. Like if he's going to come out as like his manager for the matches and shit, I'm okay with that. But like, I don't need to see Rick. I, and I love Ric Flair. I am one of the biggest Ric Flair fans you'll find. As you can see, I have the big gold belt, which way do I go that way? right behind me so like and there's a picture of me with the guy right next to it so i'm not by any means hating on rick flair but damn it I'm less is more now you know what i mean like you don't you care about your feelings <laughs> you know what they need i to don't do? they, if i were rick flair i wouldn't give a fuck about my feelings neither <laughs> like a residency out in vegas bro you can come see rick flair five six nights a week do something dude partying with rick flair would be gnarly even if he is 75 all right like bro <laughs> He could still go. Like I like I said, really recommend that interview. Is this man is still drinking because he's like, look, um, like he's never apparent according to him, he's never taken any type of drugs. He's like, uh, alcohol is legal. Uh, that's his that's his like you know like he could still go. He still parties to the point that him and his wife have separate houses, and she comes to visit his house, and she's like, okay, I'm house, I'm going back to my house where it's quiet. And this man's like 70, 80 years old. And like she's like, Yeah, you we're we're together. I'm your road dog. I love you. But clearly, this is an aspect of your life that I, I'm I'm Gucci. I'll just come visit. Like, 
How the fuck do you make that work? What other guy in America could say, I just want to party. So you and me, we're going to stay married, but you can have your own crib over here and then I'm going to have my crib over here. I don't know any other guy in America that that fucking works, but I guess when you're Ric Flair, <laughs> I guess when you're Ric Flair, it just goes like that, dude. <laughs> you heard the man. He's having a hard time keeping his alligators down on the floor. But uh, with that said, right. it's time, almost time, for the Thanksgiving week tradition. Shout out to WWE. Looking forward to Survivor Series this weekend and War Games and everything that's coming with it. TK, how are you feeling headed into War Games? What do you think we're going to see uh, this Saturday? And uh, thoughts on the return of the Viper? Um, I mean... He's everything, so this is great. We've been because remember, there's there have been sightings of him outside of um, the PC. I think it was over the summer. So um, this is all. It, it's always great, you know. I'm I am interested in um, Daniel Bryant said this a while ago, but you know, a lot of the the men and women they're like either the late forties or in their they're sorry late thirties or into their forties, and. Um, I highly doubt they're going to be on the Ric Flair things and be 70 in the ring or, or 80 in the ring. Um, so, you know, for somebody like a Randy Orton, it makes me question like, okay, well, how much more time does he have left in his career as far as the day in day outs? Like, what does that look like? And, um, you know, I'm sure he has something in his head. So does his family. So like, what's the storyline going to play out to be? Um, so, you know, definitely looking forward to that. Um, uh, I, I'm excited but I, I think everybody has, when you think of pay-per-views, you have, when you think of certain pay-per-views, the Royal Rumbles, WrestleManias, there's always one that kind of sticks out. And I can't remember what year it was, but it was the one where um, I believe it was Raw. Um, the whole Raw squad um, came onto SmackDown and just like beat the shit out of everybody. Um, that was Is this when like Becky got her face busted? Yeah, I think so. So that was what, 20, 2018? It was before yeah. the pandemic. Mm -hmm. that, that was what I made really, her the man. Yeah, I, that I really liked because everybody in the locker room was involved. It was like West Side Story meets wrestling. Um, so that is like something that I really, really liked. So this war game, I really, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But again, I feel like for me, I can't speak to anybody else. There's always, when you think of pay-per-views, um, and how many of them you watch. There's always kind of one that's like near and dear that you're kind of like, man, I want to see that version again. Like, it'd be great to see like the locker, like a Civil War type thing. And obviously you can't have it every year, blah, blah, blah. But it'd be nice to like, just get everybody involved. This is like a Survivor Series, brand versus brand, all the things like that. That to me, that type of stuff is cool. Like everybody plays plays a role. I thought we could at least get a match like that. I, that's what I was expecting initially. Maybe have like Team SmackDown versus Team Raw. Well, especially one. with the stuff with Aldis and Pierce, too. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's why I thought we were going with that. But, you know. I think we could see that in years to come if they're going to keep this general manager thing going and keep it with that way. I think Aldis has done a good job, and I think Adam Pierce has gone above and beyond what anybody really expected with that. So I feel like that's definitely something that we could get to. Well, let's make some picks for some of these matches. Uh, I don't got the uh, original, like the full, like, what exact order they're going to be, but I'm going in order of how uh, CBS Sports has got it on here. So we got 
the first one I got on here, this is right up your alley, TK. We got the women's war games. You got damage control, which consists of Bailey, Asuka, Eosky, your champion, a returning Kyrie Sane against Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, and Shotzi. Um, with that said, I li- I like that match. Um, mm-hmm. I like that match, but I'm gonna just throw this out there for starters. I think that uh, we're planting the seeds for them to uh, kick Bailey out of damage control. I think it's coming. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you think about this War Games match? Um, I definitely think so. I think there's a provided Bailey is healthy, and there have been some stuff on the rumor mill. Nothing. Bailey said nothing WWE said that you know she's not fully healthy so we don't know she might be fine um but I definitely think that's gonna that's gonna happen that's gonna help with the storyline um I also think the fact that you know damage control on a whole including Bailey have been somewhat of a team either within the last year or the last couple years in some variation whereas you know Becky and Charlotte we already know about that um Bianca's been wanting Charlotte for a long time so you know and then the Shotzi of it all is kind of like we she could be a loose cannon depending on which side she picks within that group um so just on a um on a whole I just you know it's 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 a great match but I definitely have damage control for this one I agree man I think I think uh damage control is getting the dub in this one I think that it's going to be a while before we see that but I Boza, you know, commenting in, you know, saying they're planting the seeds for Bailey and Dakota to be kicked out. I don't know about Bailey and Dakota. I think it's just going to be Bailey and they put Bailey back to being uh, a, a baby face again. Because, I mean, if you kick Dakota out too, where does Dakota go after that? I feel like it's kind of planting like leader versus leader as it usually does when it goes with those things. But as far as that match, I am going with damage control in this one. I think they get the dub. Jay Bone, who wins the war games? I'm with you guys, man. I think Damage Control gets this one. I that, last year I feel like the, the women's match really stole the show too. Remember that? That was solid, dude. And I think didn't they open it? Was that? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. So the women. Cool thing about it, the women. I feel like have a lot to prove in war games because when we see women's matches like that, we don't expect like all the violence, all the craziness. But every year it gets better and better for the women's in war games. So the fact that they got room to grow there, yeah, that's huge. And you got the eight women, ten women, whatever eight that's gonna do it. So why not have them in there, man? But I'm taking damage control. But we're gonna get this could be a show stealer right here. That that first war game, if it's first, we'll see. But that can steal the whole show. Boza said he thinks they're losing. Maybe that's the thing that uh sparks it. We'll have to uh see how that plays out. Um Corey, I know you said you enjoyed the double cage match, dude. I'm definitely looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing that. I wish it's something that we saw more. You know, one thing that's funny to me before we talk about the men's war games match is the fact that can we just talk about how it's hilarious that they've made it a point to like hype up the fact or well, what they call as a fact is that it's Cody's first war games when in reality they created blood and guts and AEW so that he could have a war games before he left. I don't know. Maybe just little shit like that just makes me laugh, but that's been funny as hell to me how much they've heard. It's his first war games and he's a Rhodes. I'm like, well, it kind of, but, <laughs> but the fact that he's doing it under the war games name, I think is going to be dope. Um, and like we said, the return of Randy Orton, Um, I got to say with the return of, Randy coming back, I at first I was like, I'm surprised you don't bring him out 
when you announced that he's coming back. But now in hindsight, it may have been a better thing that Randy didn't uh, come out because now it kind of leaves you to be, maybe Randy's going to look a little different when he comes back. Maybe, you know, maybe we see a little bit of, uh, you know, ode to the day and legacy. I'm going to tell you, I remember back in the day when the pay-per-views used to be on at Buffalo Wild Wings and shit when legacy was still a thing. Like, I was a big fan of that before. We ain't going to see Ted DiBiase come back because I heard uh, even the Million Dollar Man doesn't have a price big enough for old Ted. But that said, uh, (laughs) I'm just saying, if you read any of this stuff of what it's true about Ted DiBiase Jr., man, shit took a wild turn for my mans. But uh, with that said, I feel like this match is going to be badass. I, I am really looking forward to Randy coming back. I think it's the perfect. Uh, teammate, I kind of thought it might be LA Knight with the way they've been hyping him up and him saying he's not done, you know, he's not done and this, that, and the other. And we've seen him, uh, you know, tied in. I kind of thought that might be it, but I think Randy is the perfect person for that. I feel like they're gonna win, but I think they could win, and then I think Randy could turn on Cody, and that could be what we use to hold Cody over till we get to, uh, WrestleMania and Royal Rumble season and all that. Cause I feel like the end game for Cody still has to be him versus Roman at WrestleMania, but we got time to fill between there and Royal Rumble. I think, you know, running something with him and Randy, you know, I feel like would be the, another perfect way to kind of heat him back up and then swing him back around to Roman. So I think Cody's going to win, but I think the Viper could turn. I guess you- yeah, I mean, I see. Yeah, I see what you did there. I know where you're going. Yeah, you know, I, I try to be slick out here. But, TK, what do you think about this one? Who do you got? You got Team Cody, or do you think uh, um, the Judgment Day gets the dub? Because the other thing that's interesting about this, too, is they've said multiple times we've heard uh, Drew McIntyre say, I don't like none of you. So I feel like, I don't know, I just, you know, you always hear him say in the big multi-man tag team matches, I feel like it could implode at any minute. But what is your pick on this one? Yeah, that's um, – I, I don't know. I, I don't want Judgment Day in particular to implode because I have a um, – I love a good faction. And I love factions that are here for a long period of time so we can actually talk about the faction and not the blip. Like, oh, yeah, weren't they together at one point? Um, but it feels like there's just some – there's just, you know, some rumblings of things that, that, that that's being said and shown and you know who really is the leader and all the things um so and the mommy of it all um so that that in itself may cause um some issues um so uh i don't mm, yeah I, i'm gonna go team cody i'm gonna go team cody I don't know. That means like it could be some problems for Judgment Day because then mommy won't always be on top. But with that said, J Bone, how you how you like this one? Can, okay, can I fantasy book this real quick? This just this is just for me. This is just for me. This ain't for everybody. This is just what I want to see. I know we talk about this all the time. Even the potential. This is what I want to see happen out there. Let there be a big old battle, big old war, lots of carnage, craziness. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's down. Whatever. Cody's team can win this. Okay, take it home. But at the end of it all, have Randy turn on everybody. We know what happened with main event Jay and the bloodline. We know why he was out. He's coming back for that ass, right? Beat him up. Take out Cody. Hit Seth. Hit them all. After the win, they're all, you know, get out of there. And guess who sticks around? Damian Priest to cash in that money in the bank. Cash it in. Give him the belt. 
that's starting a whole fresh storyline with Seth versus Damian. And then you still got the Cody versus Randy thing. Why Randy? Why thing going on, right? It's all there. It's all on the plate, man. We can go anywhere with this. Let's not fuck it up, right? Let them cash in at Survivor Series. I would pop for that. That's just me. That's just if I'm famous. Who does he cash in on, though? So you're saying come in and cash in on Seth? Seth. Okay. After it's all said and done, after the match is over, Judgment Day loses, let him stick around while Seth's laying there, beat up, cash it in, man, to end the show. Why not? Let's do it. Perfect time. After a War Games match, what better time than that? You heard it. Give this man the potential. Maybe that's what we'll see on this one. We'll have to see if he cashes in the money in the bank. So you think so you think uh Team Cody wins, or do you think it's uh okay, okay. You think it's Cody, but you think that Priest tries to cash in after it's over with. Okay. Dylan, I we were having some uh Boza said something about that in the comments. Uh but Carlito versus Santos is off. It's Dragon Lee versus Santos now. Um, man, Santos is running through his former LWO brethren, son of a bitch. Um, he attacked him. He got attacked. And so now it's going to be Santos versus, uh, Dragon Lee. Apparently I feel like, you know, I've seen a lot of people talking about it. I think what we're going to see next is the LWO civil war is what I think is going to happen next. Um, but you know, a match that I want to know what you guys think about, because even though it's not a world title match, I think it could be the best, one of the best matches on the card, Gunther versus Miz, bro. Like, I feel like Miz was cooking Gunther on the mic, dude. And then Gunther like turned into straight bully mode and like the way he was pie facing my man and just giving him the business on raw. I, uh, I think this is going to be a great match. I think. I think it's going to be a great match. I think that it's going to be a good match for Gunther too, because I think it's forcing it forced him to obviously have to talk. And again, I think Miz is just going to show people again, why like people need to just stop saying that the guy sucks because if the guy sucked, he wouldn't be a two time triple crown champ and won every fucking title imaginable in there coming off the real world. So all the Miz haters, even though I'm not his biggest fan, shut the fuck up and give the man his flowers. But, uh, I think Gunther is keeping the dub in this one, but TK, how are you feeling about uh, Gunther and the Miz? Yeah, the Miz is like in a in a interesting spot. I feel like um, yes, put some put some respect on his name, but he also doesn't need the championship to be who he is. Oh like shit! Looks- I saw that. Uh, thanks, Dylan. Shout out to Dylan. Dylan is our unofficial official producer for Women's Wrestling Talk, by the way. Um, but um, and Joe Tabosa is our information officer. Um, but uh, with with that all being said, I think that um, with the Miz, it doesn't really matter. Um, like you're gonna remember his 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 tenure, if not more, well, more at WWE just because of who he is, his character, um, the reiterations of it, the storytelling, etc. Um, so with that being said, I don't think he's going to take the W. I think he's going to take the L, um, because I think we're still trying to figure out, um, the length and how long that there's going to hold that championship. Like what's, what's next when he drops it? I think that's, that's the question now. Whereas I think WWE in the Vince era, it's like, no, you drop it. We'll figure it out. The rest, I think now, um, it's really like long-term booking, like, okay, and the new champion comes in, what happens to the old champion? They get to go back, da da da. But after that, what does that next six months, barring no injury, what does that look like? I think they're taking that into consideration with the storytelling of it all. So 
I think they're still trying to really make sense of it, or they already have something in the works. And Miz is just the, you know, this is great for now, but this is this is where we're trying to go. I got you, J Bone, Gunther, and uh, the Miz. How are you feeling about it? And what is the over under if the Miz if the Miz loses a nipple in this one? <laughs> it's gonna take about what four and a half chops, about four and a half. I, I'm gonna go over, but. Uh, I'm going to take Gunther in this one, man. I, I feel like we got a long way to go with him. Guy's making that title. I mean, you need prestige for these belts, right? And he's definitely doing his job. Um, yeah, so I'm taking Gunther for the dub, man. Hold on to that belt. Yeah, I, I think I think Gunther's got to keep this one, dude. I uh, Gunther needs to be pinned to lose to The Miz. Uh, he's had a great – wow. So Boza thinks that Miz should win here. He says that he thinks that Gunther needs to get pinned. Uh, <laughs> you'll need botched after this match. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I I feel like this one's definitely going to be something that sticks out. I've been a big fan of most of what we've seen from Gunther. I've been liking him since he used to be called Walter. We talked about that just the other week with our guy PCO when we talked with him about signing with TNA. Make sure you check that out if you missed it. All right, we talked a lot about Zoe Stark because of our past week's guest, uh, Miranda Gordy. She said that's somebody that she'd like to get in the ring with, being that they had trained together so much. Uh, what are your thoughts on Zoe Stark versus Mommy? Is she staying on top on this one? I think we all know she's staying on top. And it's really unfortunate because Zoe um, is deserving, but she's in a very peculiar place. And um, I'll give you a tidbit because, like I said, our interview with her is dropping tomorrow. And she does talk about um, where, how far women's wrestling has come, meaning that, you know, you have those women wrestlers and no shade or anything. I don't think she meant it that way either, where it's like the glitz, and the glam, the, the tits, the ass, the body, the makeup, the hair. And then you have women's wrestlers who are like, you know, they, they've been tomboys all their life. Like, yeah, they look pretty, but clearly, like, they're more comfortable like just doing them. And that's where Zoe uh, Zoe is. Uh, however, I feel like they're trying to find um, the right position for her. This is a great match for her, but I think Mommy's gonna be on top still. Um, but I think Zoe, there's still some type of iteration or character development that we're missing for her to be like, for everybody to be, for everybody to be on board, whether they hate her or they love her. Meaning with the Rhea Ripley of it all, it's like some people like can't stand her. Some people it's like, uh, I really love her. Some people, are, you know, it's very stark. It's kind of like almost like Roman Reigns. People hate him or love him. With Zoe, I think there are still um, a few people who are very lukewarm. So, and how you get out of that is just trying to figure out what to turn up or what to dial up or what character change or something. There's something that she's missing. And until we figure that out, that's, you know, that she's, she's not going to be champion. I don't think it, but again, WWE and all these other promotions have support, so surprised me in the past. She might be champion, but then what? Where Like what happens, you know, will it be a short-term thing? And then Rhea comes back. I don't and, see her as a long-term champ at all. Like, yeah. right, at least right now. I don't feel like they've put enough steam on her that it could be realistic that you would look at right. that and say, okay, she's going to win the title and then and do that. Uh, mm -hmm. Boza says he thinks the, the title's just a prop for Rhea. I mean, I can't. I can't say that, man. I feel like she's she's had a dominant reign, and I feel like the problem is, you know, to the same point we were just saying, like, 
if Rhea's going to lose, it's got to be to somebody who's been built up to beat her. The same as Roman losing the title. That's why I think Cody's the right person to do that. You can't just have her lose the belt. Not that I'm saying that Zoe wouldn't be a good champion. To your point, I think she would be a great champion. But we need to see more built on the name of Zoe Stark before mm-hmm. she can be placed in a spot for her to be champion, in my opinion. So in this one, I think you're right. I think Mommy's staying on top on this one. J-Bone, is Mommy staying on top, or is Zoe Stark going to try to pull a Tony Stark? Oh, Lord knows I hope so. Um, she's staying on top, man. She's uh, she's going with this. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, look at her, dude. We still have we have so much here, right? There's so much to go with Rhea in the Judgment Day. The belt, I mean, she's the first women's world champion, right? So we still have, we're taking that belt higher and higher and higher still. So like you said, I feel like we've got to build something up for her to be beat. I don't think it's going to be on this night. So I'm taking Rhea. To win. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's the way it's got to go And uh, TK. I know you're not the biggest MMA person. He ain't only every guy in America. I mean, come on, right? Jesus. I'm only I mean, a man. Look, all I'm saying is I've met Rhea and she is definitely uh, beautiful. So there's a reason for that one. Uh, that said, though, <laughs> we've talked about before that you are a little bit of a MMA fan, maybe not as a hardcore as me and uh, Corey are. But, I mean, we haven't gotten to chat at anybody since a lot of some of the news has come out with Turkey Day and all those things. The other thing that we got to talk about before we get out of here, again, Survivor Series going down tomorrow. If you're in Chicago, keep an eye out for knockouts and three counts. That said... Um, there was huge news over the week. I think anybody that follows MMA wasn't really surprised that it happened. I mean, I feel like it's been being rumored to happen for quite a while. I mean, pretty much since the Francis Ngannou deal came up, you know, that was one of the things that was kind of floating and circulating with it. But we've had the sale of Bellator MMA to PFL, which it hurts my soul because I was supposed to be at Bellator uh, the last fight that they just had with Sergio Pettis and Patchy Mix, but Devin was getting married, so I had important uh, groomsman duties to take care of. Uh, But with that said, you know, I'm not surprised by this move, but overall, I think that it was coming. I think it's good that they're not going to just do away with Bellator. I'm surprised to hear them straight up say, okay, what up, though, Caleb? Um, it's crazy to hear them say, okay, we're going to keep them around for two more years because, like, anybody that follows this show knows that we have multiple past guests and friends of the show that are, you know, still signed with Bellator. So it's going to be interesting to see how those play out. I wonder if it's going to be a situation to where, like, okay, you got two fights left on your deal. You got three fights left on your deal. We're going to try to get you these fights in the next two years so that we don't have to incur your uh your contract but with that said i mean it's a wild thing to think because i mean bro i've been watching bellator since the mtv two days i mean i remember when they were the ones running all the tournament stuff and now pfl is the one that's running the the tournament landscape and things like that so it's crazy to see how the world has shifted in a lot of ways in which when bellator came in they were the tournament guys and now they're being bought by the new tournament guys and how and how can they sustain it because again my big issue with this is the same thing that i've said for a while here's the thing everybody knows that uh 
you know, everybody knows that PFL could use some more talent, but I feel like PFL is still going to run into the same problem that I've been saying for a while. And that's that in 2023, it is very, very hard for you to be able to sustain an MMA promotion that's ran around tournaments because look what happened with Anthony Pettis, Fabricio Verdum, um, Bigfoot Silva, Rory McDonald. Almost every big name they've brought into PFL has either Shane Burgos, who was the big, oh, wow, we got him from the UFC and he loses in his first fight because he's got to fight a killer like he does like that. Now he's out of the tournament. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's my thing is like with the tournament thing, I still feel like it causes problems. But Corey, what are your thoughts on uh, Bellator getting bought by PFL? And do you think that PFL is going to be able to learn from any of Bellator's mistakes with this tournament field? Good summary on what I feel like has taken place in the last week, by the way. But to lead into that, sorry for being kind of quiet and having my head down. I've been following the PFL championships. So if I feel like I've been on my phone, I I have been. I apologize, but I'm trying to follow the PFL championships. That being said, ESPN trying to charge $50 for that pay-per-view. You all are wild. (laughs) You're not wrong. I just want to say that I don't know any of the uh, people that aren't directly in the media and even myself being like media related, I would love to spend that 50 bucks right now, but I got kids that, you know, Santa ain't free, baby. So, you know, <laughs> we got to do what we got to do. This motherfucker said Santa ain't free. <laughs> and, uh, he likes his cookies, man. And them cookies come with dollars. But uh, that being said, yeah, as he said in the comments. But that being said, they've been having a, a pretty good uh, performance on the night. Uh, shout out Impa Kasaganai for being that million-dollar winner, man. That's that's a huge come up from where he was last year to where he is now being a million-dollar champ. Awesome. Shout out. That, that's, the, that's the kind of stories that I feel like PFL can make with the tournament platform that they have. That being said... I've talked about it on the show here multiple times. Every time we've kind of brought up the whole Bellator PFL deal, I feel like that's the biggest issue with PFL. They didn't have enough shows to keep you preoccupied throughout the year. They would only run five or six unless you were following like their PFL Europe and events like that. That being said, now that they're going to keep the Bellator thing going, that's going to be its own entity under PFL it's kind of they're they're doing a really really good job so far on the night of highlighting all the Bellator champs, bringing them into the cage even against their now million dollar champs. It, they've done a really good job of highlighting what this deal means to the organization. So I, I like that. I like what Big John McCarthy, who was the announcer, and uh, Josh Thompson, both of them working on on the desk duties for. Uh, Bellator, both of them said they're glad to see an owner who's now excited to to uh, have Bellator to acquire and actually, Bellator. yeah, to actually look at what the possibilities are going forward. Where what they were dealing with at Paramount was not the case. anybody who anybody who cares to kind of get a little bit of backstory on the uh, Bellator deal and stuff like that, I highly recommend going and listening to the uh, Weighing In podcast where they break down the kind of back dealings and stuff that they, they're allowed to talk about a little more now that the uh, deal is official. But that being said, I, I love it. 
at the same time. It's such a 50-50 thing for me at, the, at this current point. Like I say, from what I've seen tonight, I feel like best foot forward, they've done a really good job tonight. That being said, we'll see what comes on in the next, like you say, Kyle, if they're really going to run them for two years. And even if they continue to run them beyond that, I feel like there's potential for them to continue to grow the brand as PFL or Bellator brought to you by PFL or whatever the case and run it under a different network and stuff like that and be able to secure more money for the organization through TV deals and stuff like that. Yet again, like I was saying earlier, the fact that they'll be able to put on more shows. I, I seen uh, Arthur Davey on, um, or Davey, yeah, I think it's Davey, uh, the PFL owner on Ariel Hawani's show talking about the the fact that they're going to try to have roughly 36 events next year. I feel like that's that's a huge step up from where they're at right now. Huge. You know, I know, like I was saying earlier, they're talking the PFL of Europe and the PFL, you know, the out-of-country events and stuff like that. But with the acquisition of Bellator, if they're able to run one of their shows a month, maybe two Bellator shows, and then maybe mix in one PFL event or just continue to run the PFL schedule that they already were, it'll do incredible things for the brand that they're trying to grow. So... My biggest concern, I know I've been long-winded on this, but I've been quiet for an hour now. I can I can talk for a little bit. That being said, my biggest complaint with this is the fact that potentially less space for these guys to go and make contracts and stuff. Now you're going to be negotiating with PFL, even if you weren't ne- negotiating for PFL, you're negotiating to be on Bellator. You're now dealing with PFL, where before you at least had that that third leg in the argument well ufc said this bellator said this what do you say in pfl now it's kind of you're you're brought down to two parties well and that's something i wanted to bring up to tk being the wrestling side you know i mean it's the same thing we talk about with wwe and aew and ring of honor and all these things like that's why i really don't understand why in the wrestling space so many people like like a company like NWA, so many people cheering for them to be gone. Like I don't I don't understand it doesn't, yeah. that mindset because the more places for people to be able to fight or wrestle or whatever analogy you're gonna use to me is is even if you're the, not gonna follow along and even if you don't care to follow along, the fact that somebody's able to make a living off a sport. Yeah, you're making somebody lose food off their factor, table, you know, that you care about that that to me is what matters like i say follow it or not opinions on the product that they put out or whatever the case be i hated the fact that i didn't even know i'm i follow every social media mma thing that there is on twitter and i don't even know when half the bellator events were i'm glad that that might now change because i at least knew when the pfl events were that's one thing they had going i at least knew when their events were so Hopefully they're not going to try to keep charging fifty dollars for pay per views though, because you guys got to cut this shit out. I'm a fan. I'm a fan, and I tell you what, I was. At least it's better than the eighty that the UFC rapes us for. Yeah, but the eighty is deserved because of the for every pay per view. No, no. I'm what I'm saying is it's more. I shouldn't say deserved. I should say it's more deserved in the fact that they have the more established name, but fuck every one of those pay-per-views is not worth $80. I'm sorry. 
I yeah, love no. UFC and I love MMA, but fuck you. No, it's not. No, I agree. That's why I said I should clarify with more. She's back. But... She got caught in the Matrix. Jeez. It's always your show. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> right, you got knockouts and three counts might have that juju. Well, now that you're back, you know, I told Corey I wanted to see what your thoughts. Do you have any thoughts on uh, Bellator being bought by PFL? Because the, the standpoint I brought to kind of tie it around for the wrestling fans is like, oh, my God, all these people that are talking about, oh, my God, get Bellator out of here. It's like the same as the people that I hear wanting to hear the end of NWA. Like, to me, the more high-level places that people have to be able to go and fight, the better MMA is going to do as a whole. The same as the more top places there are for pro wrestlers to be able to wrestle, whether that's here, Japan, wherever, the better wrestling is as a whole. Have you gotten to look into that at all, and do you got any thoughts on uh, Bellator now being part of PFL? Well, it's funny. Well, I definitely watched Bellator in the beginnings of the MTV days and stuff like that. And um, I, you know, I knew it was still around, but it's funny because, and maybe you guys can speak to this more, it doesn't have the mainstream appeal like it used to. Um, Because you make reference, I think, of watching like WWE at the Buffalo Wild Wings. Like back in the day, you would catch the Bellators and all this stuff Mm -hmm. at the Buffalo Wild Wings, like when you're going out to eat. And it's just not it's not like readily accessible like it was. And then I feel like they're not, this is the mainstream of it all. And maybe because we have so much social media, it's like, there's just too much to follow. Although Bosa, I don't know how you have time to know everything. Like I, I just, you need to write the book. But um, it's just kind of like, I, I think it's going to be good. I kind of think of the NWA and the impacts of it all. Like people were, when Impact lost their deal with Pop, people are like, oh, it's, that's it for Impact. We don't need yep. Impact. But just like Impact is still doing an amazing job and they found their lane and they created their stars within their lane. So maybe with this deal with Bellator, I don't know if you kind of touched on the money aspect of it. Um, if there's like an injection of money and, you know, a revamp and, you know, really a positioning of the stars because you can no longer, and I say stars, because you no longer can just be an athlete. Like you can no longer just be good at sports because like no. that's cute, but like, you know, in order for the company to make money and you to make money, there's either a really great marketing team or you become a really great marketer of your skill set. So um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really interested to see how this deal is going to pan out and if it's going to break through into the mainstream media where, you know, somebody like me who knows of it, but I can't tell you who's doing what, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of almost the same thing with like, UFC and you talk about women's MMA, a lot of people still, when they, when they take, think women's MMA, people still think Ronda and Ronda hasn't been part of the game for a minute. So like, how do you revamp on the women's side of things too? So, you know, a lot of things at play, we'll see what happening happens, but I think marketing for people who are in college, still marketing, barring the world doesn't end and zombies don't take over and everything like that. Marketing is the the marketing and IT are probably the two things to do because marketing across the board in HR too, but something fun marketing across the board, you need it for everything. You need it for everything. I, I agree a hundred percent with that. That's something mm-hmm. we've complained about, about Bellator long before this PFL thing ever happened. Like the fact that you don't know about these fights and they would be fights that would just be stacked cards, like just stacked cards, but nobody knows because they're not doing anything to really promote it and here's the craziest part of the whole thing is that if you really look at it 
if you look champion for champion, PFL versus Bellator, Bellator blows out pretty much every champion in PFL that's not named Kayla Harrison. Like, I mean, literally, am I wrong? You laugh, but am I wrong? Like, literally, I would, I would, would be willing to bet a whole parlay on all the Bellator champions, like dead ass. Let me do a, if you're going to do Bellator versus PFL, I will bet on every Bellator champion against PFL except Kayla Harrison. It it looks like that's a real thing. Like I said, I've been kind of following along all night and they keep, every time somebody gets announced, they keep bringing the Bellator champ of that same division in to do a face off belt to belt. So. It looks like that's a real thing coming early. Uh, Bellator will smoke them. You heard it here first. Bellator will smoke them. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of favorable matchups for the PFL, and except for I, Kayla Harrison, that is and, the only matchup they got. And that's <laughs> not she's not even a champ no more. You got Larissa Pacheco who beat her last year, and Kayla Harrison didn't fight for the season this year. This is her first fight actually on this card of this year, so. I That's think, a bad thing for her too, Loki. If you think about it, because they were talking about her signing somewhere else and all that stuff. Well, you just took out well, the only other spot she can fight, other than Japan. <laughs> yeah, that's who she was supposed to sign for to make the fight. Now that is easily accessible. If in the Cyborg fight, versus so. Harrison does not happen, PFL is a bunch of dumbasses. Wait, uh, Cyborg is with PFL or Bellator? Bellator, but Bellator. Bellator just got bought, so now she's with PFL. See, I didn't yeah, even know she was still around. No She's still the champ. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. You see, the fact that you don't, like, I don't know that, and Cyborg is a well-known name to me. Because Bellator. <laughs> She's not. Because he's not Bellator. wrong. Because he's not wrong. I love Bellator, and I've got homies that are still uh, yeah. signed by them. But that that right there, what he just said, but because Bellator, that spins, that's the truth. Back to what I was saying while you were uh, having a bit of internet trouble. That spins back to what I was saying was the fact that with Arthur Davey taking control and the PFL branding taking control, at least you have somebody besides they, they were ran by Paramount. I, I, like I said, for anybody who's really curious, go listen to that weighing and show with John McCarthy. That, that'll really break down the whole insides and outs of why Bellator wasn't quite as successful as it should have been in the last couple of years and also what they're looking forward in the deal going forward. I, I it, it was really informative. But that being said, they were ran, produced, and paid for by Paramount, who, as they were saying on the show, was used to getting paid to put on stuff on the network. NHL paid, you know, they were, only stuff they were paying for was the top tier stuff, the, you know, MLBs, the uh, NFLs and stuff like that. Other than that, everybody was paying for a time slot on their stuff. They were paying money to put on Bellator. They were paying athletes. They were put, and then on top of that, they lost their creative director, who was their main guy at Paramount. So then they ended up in a situation where nobody at the network knew what to do with this organization that they owned. So it was like, what do? That's Sounds why like WCW. Another thing okay, that in the okay. in the Ariel Hawani with Arthur Davy, it was also brought up the fact that Bellator didn't actually sell for cash. It sold for stock in PFL, which That's is another fucking wild, wild thing to me. Originally, the original numbers being brought up were 500 million. Then it was okay, potentially around 200 million. And then it went for less than 10%. He didn't clarify the exact number. That's he fucking a, crazy. A small portion of the stock in PFL, which is a company that 
Kyle, you can attest to this. We've been following MMA our whole lives. Not all these organizations last all that long. And with PFL doing all these moves and stuff, to make Dude, a with that Ngannou contract alone, they like it, TK. I don't know if you saw the specs to that contract wild. alone, but mm-hmm. Ngannou needs to like have like a standing ovation every time that motherfucker walks into a room at this point. Because the fact he, that he, he but the he fact fought, that he was able yeah. to do what he did against Tyson Fury, and now he got paid the biggest bag he's ever got or ever gonna get for just fighting Tyson Fury, and on top of that, he's already signed into a contract where he's making a minimum of three million. Whoever fights him is gonna make a minimum of two million, which means they're out at least five million every time he gets in the cage between him and his opponent. You talk about fumbling the bag. That man did not fumble the fucking bag. I mean, but if you look at the if you look at the revenue splits that the UFC is so used to dealing with, if we kind of do what the PFL is saying that they're doing, where it's going to be closer to a 50, 50 split. I feel like that's the realistic numbers that we can see. If the PFL is able to generate pay-per-view buys, pay-per-view buys. I feel like that's the biggest issue right now. Like I said earlier with the whole $50 thing, y'all got to quit that because I feel like you guys could have did some decent numbers tonight. There's no other competition in MMA right now and or tonight being and you guys could have really did something but with that high of a price tag it really hurts your viewership you know yeah that that being said i to kind of summarize my point i like the fact that now bellator is at least owned by somebody that's excited to own the company I agree. and is willing to invest money to see a better and brighter version of bellator and to kind of see it to what it can become and I mean, dude, that, they I could guess. keep they could keep it around as a feeder too. So it's definitely going to be something that's interesting to watch. But Dylan had the best question, and this will be the one that we get you out of here on. We can do this in quick form. CM Punk, Pepsi Phil, does he show up in Chicago? Yes or no, TK? Uh, sure. Why not? It's, well, I'll make a short version. If you watched our news show on Wednesday, K. McCoy, who just came back, he made a really great point as to a good reason why CM Punk would um, would show up. And, you know, the narrative that has been spinning, myself included, uh, as far as CM Punk and his relationship with the locker room, et cetera, doesn't necessarily extend to the WWE of it all. So if that's the case and there's no, you know, his issue is more with, you know, the Tony Pongs and everything that happened with AEW and the people at AEW and there's no beef with WWE and it makes sense money-wise, all this other stuff, then why not? WWE is known for, especially, you know, we already see the pettiness back and forth between AEW and WWE. So they're going to want to have a pop this weekend. So, you know, something is going to happen. It might not be CM Punk, but there's going to be something that's going to happen. They're just not going to have what we just read off on the the card. There's going to be something. So um, with that being said, at first I was saying no up until last week. But after talking to Kane um, and hearing his, um, his reasonings, I think it's possible. So sorry, it wasn't short, but that's you're good. You're straight. No, you're fine. I I'm I'm still very intrigued by it. I'm not so sure that we see it now because I don't know that WWE feels like they need CM Punk. Uh, but with that said, I mean, like you said, there's definitely been some jabs and fuck yous back and forth. So I mean, if you were really gonna do that, especially and let's think about this. They're doing this while AEW was in Chicago too. 
so they're mm-hmm. in the same fucking city. How big of a fuck you would that be to be in the same city and then have him show up there and have people lose their fucking shit and instantly suck all of your spotlight out, which again, to your point with the pettiness thing, might bite AEW in the ass because I'm telling you right now, we talk about the controller switch when Mick Foley won the title in 98. Look, dude, if they come out and CM Punk ends up coming out in Chicago, AEW Collision and Rampage might as well just shut the fucking camera off because I'm telling you, you're going to see a giant switch if that happens. Uh, I agree with you. I don't know that I think that we're going to get to see him, but dude, I also think now, and I've said this on the show for those of you who are new to us, I feel like with CM Punk going to AEW and seeing how that played out and all that, I think that now he probably sees what I think a lot of people are seeing in that maybe the grass isn't always greener when you get out of WWE, unless you're somebody like uh, Adam Copeland, who just is looking to have his last run and be able to do some more stuff. I think the people that are leaving from WWE to AEW and those that are coming from AEW to WWE are seeing the difference in the production level and the hype level. And, and like you said, you know, no offense to AEW, but they've only been around, what, four years now? That That's what it's been. It's been four years. Look, there's no way else to put it. WWE is as hot now as they've been in a long time. And you can say how much buzz AEW has around it till you're blue in the face. It ain't fucking with WWE buzz-wise right now. I mean, we so, just look at that Tuesday, the, the Tuesday Night Wars. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh you're going to move it to Tuesday? Here you guys go. Have Cena. Have this. Have that. It's just kind of like, and now they have that TKO money, bro. Like it, 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 it. You know, I think, and I've said this before. AEW needs to go to take a page from Impact and literally just stay in their lane. And not say that they can't get to that level, but just like just build yourself it. up there first. Do your own thing and don't be so worried about them that you fuck up your own product. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, and, and, you know, it's hard. Everybody, everybody has an ego, like no matter the humblest person still has an ego. So, you know, and, and Tony Khan being a billionaire, I mean, I was reading like, you should read his Wikipedia quite interesting, but being (laughs) all the things like, you know, you're, you're used to getting your way and, you know, he's not, not to take the wit that he's not a hard worker and all the other stuff, but it's just kind of like, you know, it's like, okay, well, here we are. We're doing, we're doing this. A lot of people have tried to start wrestling companies, all that, all the stuff, but he is creating it. So, you know, does AEW have a bit, but mm, sometimes. Yeah. It depends on what we're talking about with what we were talking about earlier in the show before you jumped in Dylan, I think there's definite buzz around the swerve and hangman thing, but to your point, like there's not enough heat on them consistently too, for them to really, for them to really compete. Go ahead. From somebody with the outsider's perspective, right? As as you guys can tell, I've kept quiet on most of the wrestling stuff because I don't follow it as deeply as you guys, so I don't feel like my opinion's valid in a sense. But on this type of stuff, it is because I do follow from an outsider's perspective, and it seems like in the AEW case, whenever they put on a good solid match or pay-per-view or something like that, they'll they're in that spot where people pay attention to them. That, at least and that's that's something hard to get because like we were talking earlier with the impacts and the the other organizations that are trying their best to even get that type of foothold 
I feel like AEW definitely has that going on. Mm-hmm. They definitely have people paying attention, and if they have matches that are noteworthy, people will talk about them. But they're not to the level where people are just going to hashtag WWE this, that. They're not know, selling like, out on the name AEW. Yeah, yeah. And they're still, like, the other day I pulled up behind somebody's car and they had an AEW big graphic on their window, and I'm like, they have diehard fans out there that want that brand to grow and they give it the attention. It's just, they're not, it's hard to compete when you have such an established brand in WWE. And when you're comparing them to an organization at that level, it's going to be really hard to compete with. But when you compare them to themselves and where you may have expected them to have been, like you said, five years into running an organization, I feel like they're doing really well. So yeah, maybe do they get all the traction that they deserve or whatever the case? Maybe not. Maybe do they deserve all the traction that they get sometimes? Maybe not. But at the same point, I feel like they're they're trying and it's always a good thing to have an organization that's trying in a sport that you care about. Like we yeah. talked about with MMA and the story of pro wrestling, the more places people can go, the better. J-Bone, yeah. we'll end with you. Pepsi Phil, is he showing up or is he not? Is Pepsi Phil showing up? And is it going to be as bad as when he fought in the UFC? <laughs> Can't get that bad. He got paid a million dollars, hot damn it. The numbers came out for that. that so bad, you know what, hot damn it. If I got paid one million dollars for one fight, I'll do it. It sounds like he can be a headache to a lot of people, man, but he's better when he's on TV. I think that's that's the bottom line. WWE knows the money that he can bring in. They know the shock value and they want that. Like like TK said, they want a pop in Chicago. And this is probably going to be the best way to. I hope. I hope it's Nakamura's opponent or whoever he's calling out in these promo vignettes. I hope it's that because one, I love to see Punk back on TV, even though he's a headache. Two, mm-hmm. I want to see Punk wrestle Nakamura just as a fan. That would be that great. Would be mm-hmm. That would be great. So yeah, I, I feel like all signs point to yes. Bring him back if it's not for long. Maybe just till WrestleMania or something. But we'll see how it goes, man. So I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe we're gonna have to see how it goes. You you sound like you've been sounding like you're like a little ways from it. But with that I'm said, still trying to get my voice back, dude. Still, look, maybe you shouldn't have been screaming so loud at Metallica, kid. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck around and find out. Well, TK, we appreciate the time. Let everybody know where they can find Women's Wrestling Talk. Let them know anything that you've got. Uh, Coming on the coming on the horizon. Uh, yeah, you can follow Women's Wrestling Talk on all things at www.talkpod.com, www.talkpod. Like I said, dropping on Fight TV tomorrow. You can check out our interview with Zoe Stark, me and Evan T. Mack um, for, um, sorry, for the takedown. You can check out that show. Um, then we have an interview dropping again on Fight TV on Tuesday um, with, I'll just put it out there, with Hyon. Really great interview. Fuck yeah. Um, Man, she is amazing. I really love interviewing people. Um, and then after having another interview, like an off-camera interview, and we talked for like another 45 minutes. Super dope. dope. Um, so, yeah, that interview is dropping as well. And then, yeah, tune into our new show. We have a WOW show, post show. We have an impact show, all the things. And you can follow me at everywhere on everything at TK Trinidad. 
I you heard it here. Dylan's already coming in. Man, I already knew I liked you when I went on re- women's wrestling talk, but he says he might have to throw a little video together to see whose predictions are uh most correct uh for si- Survivor Series. Um we'll have to see if J Bone really deserves the potential, but all the more reason why you got to be hitting the subscribe button. Like I said, if you're checking out Survivor Series or coming to Chicago, keep an eye out for knockouts and three counts. We will see you next week. There's all kinds of good stuff to come. And if you're still in a food coma, I ain't mad at you. Peace. That would be me.